Good morning, my little anklets. Well, today I shall be at my desk um, for a change. I've been spending a rather lot of time at my desk, actually. It's um, quite bizarre. It's not one of the things I normally do, but um, I'm relishing it, I think, for the moment, only because it's still winter here. We haven't quite hit spring, not too far away from it. It's quite gloomy at the moment. I've got the gardeners are outside doing their job, which is very good. And I have some more podcasts to create, so I should be some downloading some anchor content and getting on with it. I'm slowly getting to grips with my Echo and Alexa and everything else. Um, it's a little bit annoying, I think, when you sort of tune into uh, radio stations and all they play, or most of the things that they play, are adverts. It's quite annoying, so I, I can't be doing with adverts, so I'm kind of turning those off. Um, I don't have a Spotify account. I've not really needed one at this point, um, or Apple Music for that matter. So I'm not going down that route. But um, unless there's any other music that I can find on there. If anybody knows where I can find music without ads on Alexa, please let me know. A few catalogues have come in overnight. Um, some really interesting things actually out there. Um, really look at some some rather beautiful lights. It's funny about that. Everybody seems to be obsessed with lights at the moment. Um, it's quite an interior design thing, really, um, because it's the sort of when you've got the ones, pendant lights that are coming down from the ceiling, everybody um, everybody notices them if they're great. But there's been a, there's actually one which um, looks like um, a succession of speakers. It's very interesting. I might actually have to take a picture of it and uh, see if I can put it up on Instagram if I get a spare millisecond. But um, it's really nice. It's in brass. And it, they, it looks like um, like one of those old microphones. So effectively, it's, it's punched brass. It's like perforated brass. But there's like four or five of them uh, coming down sort of from the ceiling um, from a central point. So it uh, looks a modern chandelier, I suppose is what you'd call it. But it uh, looks... Uh, very fine, might have to get it, and it's a very good price. It's only sort of around about 400, which is not bad really for lighting in the grand scheme of things, for something that looks really uh, interesting. And of course it's quite large. This is the other thing, so it's um, over just about a metre long, uh, a metre wide rather, um, and length obviously you'd have to chop a little bit off, because uh, it's about a metre and a half. So you'd need something which shouldn't have low ceilings, but um, a beautiful piece nonetheless. Today, folks, I am just drawing on from some of my um, historic stuff on Anchor, um, which is a total delight to go back just to hear um, what was happening back in July of last year. For those that uh, that are new um, to this to this app here on Anchor, um, lots of frivolity and fun was happening, um, and I believe we, I don't know how this happened, but we got onto the subject of uh, James Bond. Um, which is one of my um, pet loves. I do love James Bond. Uh, not literally, but you know what I mean. The films, the books, etc. And um, we were all talking about it and I just couldn't help myself. Um, so Georgie D and I had um, a conversation about Bond and then I decided I would just do a little bit of playing with some Bond music. <laughs> You asked, I answered. This is Bond. Belinda Bond.
on a mission. Saving one property at a time. Good evening, my little anklets. Um, now about nine o'clock in London town. All is quiet, all is dark. I've had um, an interesting day, not very productive. Um, I quite like to be as productive as possible, but it just kind of hasn't happened. I had a visit from my mother, um, and then the lovely Ernest turned up to uh, sort out my washing machine, which I couldn't unplumb myself. Um, so he sorted that out, which was great, um, but it just meant that I just didn't get enough work done. Um, and then the sort of the day sort of went. So I've done a little bit of paperwork, uh, but not really at my desk. So just thinking of a few things, making a few notes. That's the way it goes sometimes. But I have cleared a few things up um, to do with the new Stone Square job. A bit frustrating, all the different structural stuff coming in and out. Um, lots of different questions to the clients. Just it's the really, really bitty bit that I hate, but uh, has to be done. Sad fact of life that it is. But tomorrow will be better. Um, I'm off to Pilates for my third class. Hopefully that will uh, keep me out of mischief um, for an hour or so. Um, and then it's back to the thick of it, if at all possible. Well, yes, I echo what Ben's saying there. I think it's one of those things, isn't it, really? I think sticking to the you know the processes is something which not all of us get a chance to do on a sort of a daily basis um and me today not being very sort of productive it's funny isn't it i i'm generally quite good um at the execution stuff i'm kind of quite you know sort of a sort of tunnel vision when it comes to that a few things sort of throw me off sometimes if i'm not necessarily sort of in the mood i wouldn't say i'm moody but I'm one of those that sort of I need the mood need to take a few hours need to do something different so I need to sort of apply myself I know myself that better there's no point in forcing myself to do something because it just won't happen um but you just have to sort of forget about it if you can't get something done on a certain day or in a certain few hours come back to it and you will come back to it it's just not beating yourself up about it so I fully endorse what Ben's saying um, stick to the process and just keep at it. I've not read the book actually. It's quite um, an interesting one. It's sort of a thing, sort of a thing I would uh, possibly uh, take with me on holiday, which I'll attempt to do. At the, at the rate I'm going, I'll have a whole variety of different books to take with me into uh, to when I go on holiday, which is not until August. I think it's probably going to be my only holiday, uh, possibly this year. But that's nothing unusual. Um, but anyway, back to the grind. Belinda, you know the way we'd say money, oh, he's an impressionist. Cezanne, he's an impressionist. Uh, you know that kind of way of talking about people. So here's, a, here's one. Uh, curi uh, I'm curious to know what you'll say in answer to this. Oh, here's Belinda. She's a... Here's Belinda. She's a now. I'm talking about your 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 work in design, your work in design, interior decoration. Let's. In, I'm not sure what the the best term is, but do you have a do you have a preferred um, answer to that? You know, what school do you belong to? As a kind of name, I'd like to have a look at other people's work too. Now, Paul, this is actually a very interesting question. Um, I was thinking about this earlier this morning when I picked up your call-in. I think 
there are so many different things when I think about sort of interior design and sort of what you would actually be. I suppose in some ways, in the general scheme of things, um, I'm probably would say I'm sort of a traditionalist, but I wouldn't, I'd have to be really careful about saying I'm a minimalist because I'm not the one which is going to sort of be, I don't know, you know, sort of drawing up a home or living my life with sort of very sparse amount of things in my home and a, I don't know, a twig coming out of a pot or something. That's just not me at all. But I do believe, I do have a sort of a mantra, which is simplicity is the master. Don't overcomplicate things. Don't have things that you don't really need or, or don't want. Do regular sort of clear outs, but style-wise... Go for something that's beautiful but simple. Um, I think that's the way to go. But I, I'm probably quite a traditionalist, um, but I'm quite happy to go for something which is um, reasonably old school but not old-fashioned. That doesn't really help, does it? It probably needs more thought, actually, uh, Paul, but it's a very good question. Um, would I be, If I was a painter, would I be an impressionist? No, I think... If, I'm, I quite like to sort of, I'm, do you know, maybe it's a realist. God, this is probably, I'm articulating this not very well. Um, I think that I, the paintings that I like are not the ones which are just an impression of something. I do enjoy those. But the ones that I really like are the ones which actually show sort of true life. And they're very much like photographs. The workmanship that goes in to make them so they actually look like photographs, I think is phenomenal. So Tiso is one that I go to, one artist. Jean-Jacques Tissot, um, probably John Singer Sargent, another one. Uh, they're probably my two. And my favourite artist, Sir Lawrence Ormatadema, uh, who was a Dutch artist. And uh, lots of sort of Greek, uh, Roman um, sort of um, artistry, a lot of work that he did. Uh, it's quite popular over in this country now, but um, I, my favourite subject at school was classics, uh, particularly Greek classics, Greek and Roman classics. So... I suppose that's where it's come from, but um, that's on an art thing. My own style, yes, um, reasonably, reasonably colourful. Um, I think that's probably true to say. And then apart from that, I think simplicity, simplicity and beauty, probably doesn't help, but that's what I think. Belinda, apropos of consistency or change and uh, of your image, meaning your yeah image. Um, one of the most successful business women that I know a bit about is uh, Rita Clifton. She was she once chaired the biggest business branding company in Europe, whose name I can't remember right now. Anyway, the only clothes she wore to work when she went to visit any client was Coco Chanel little black dress. Um, and the only drink she ever drank was green tea. Total consistency. Uh, you, yeah. And that uh, practice has dwelled on me for, for many years uh, for a number of reasons, including one that I'm going to outline in a second. One of the theories I've come up with is that if is based around the question, what experience does somebody have if you turn up dressed the way they expect you to be dressed and present yourself the way you expect them? Uh, the first thing that happens, I think, is that 
people experience their, uh, that they're good at predicting what you're like. When people get the experience of being good at predicting, they feel good about themselves. They feel, oh, I'm a good predictor. If they're, if they're feeling, the better they feel about themselves, the more likely they are to buy, to purchase something. So if in business you want to sell something to people, there are some advantages in dressing consistently from the point of view of influencing the mood of the person who might buy you. Hi, Paul. Um, another good round of call-ins there. Well, I think I think it's interesting. Rita Clifton, um, I had heard the name, but I needed a refresher, so I gave her a quick Google, and she was who I thought she was. She's... I remember vaguely when she was doing some sort of work, this is back in the day, she was at Saatchi and Saatchi, um, and I remember they had, some, they had some kind of an issue with her. I think she'd had a, she'd had her children or whatever, and she came back to work in a really short space of time or something like that. Um, and I thought, was that her? Yes, it was. Um, so she's a very big on sort of branding, and I suppose that's what it is. I mean, everyone bangs on about personal brand these days, and I suppose in the in the way of how you sort of present yourself and what image you are professing um, to present, I would say that, would she have it right? I, I certainly couldn't do the same outfit or the same little black dress from Chanel um, each time. I'm one that likes variety, so I don't wear the same thing uh, sort of, you know, two days running. It just doesn't happen. I certainly couldn't wear Chanel on site. Forget that. <laughs> That's not going to happen at all. Um, so that one's, you know, out. But as a branding tool to have a particular image, whether that may be sort of streamlined, neutrals, eclectic, wild, um, you know, sort of 70s garb, um, Eastern, um, all that sort of thing. I think that you have you have to be sort of, I, I think you are very true to yourself. I think it's very, very difficult to change an image into just being one thing. I think that it shines through you. I think that happens with work as well, the type of person that you are, especially if you're producing creative work. So I think in some ways, I would say that um, she was probably ahead of her time. You only have to look at um, other people sort of in the industry who have people that have the same um, hairstyle at the same time. Anna Winter is one. Most people would know her as the uh, the head of uh, American Vogue. I think people have the same sort of thing. They want the same image. They don't want to change everything up. Um, but at the same time, in order to do so well, perhaps you do need to change your image. And then you look at someone like Madonna, who has been obviously incredibly successful, didn't need to. She made her money early on and never had to work another day in, in her life. But she changed things up, reinvented herself and has done well ever since. Um, so you, there, I suppose there are in some ways are two schools of thought. I think it's very interesting what you said about if you are um, wanting to sell something, then perhaps consistency is is the way. Um, and you could be right. I mean, I've I must admit I've not tried that. I've made, I think I'm sort of anything if consistent in my sort of. Um, image I think again it really comes down to I guess which profession that you're in I think if you're certainly um, office based then I think that you could really do some damage there because you can I mean damage in a good way because I think that you can portray you can just be a suited and booted person you can just be a dress person and whatever you can go down all sorts of image route and stick to it and stick within parameters 
and then your work or perhaps you know you, what you do speaks for itself and you don't have to worry about images um but i think on the other hand i think it's quite good for the rest of us to have some variety so i would say or i would probably ask so paul do i mean do your sort of uh, conclusions have you sort of done any testing or is this just sort of a hunch that you've had because i think that's it isn't it it's maybe it's just a hunch that we all um, that you you know that you have that we could all possibly have maybe there is some truth in it um i think it depends on the person doesn't it really it depends what they do are you in a creative industry or are you sort of building creative industries a la rita clifton but you're actually in a marketing so you're in marketing and media but it's it's still professional but you're actually working with brands that are, that are a little bit far out you can afford to be um, perhaps a little bit more avant-garde. Interesting, very interesting. Now, I heard this segment over on the station Good Vibes, Jason B, which is actually very interesting. I hadn't actually thought about it, but I guess if you were really into your podcasting and wanted to make that a business in itself rather than make, I suppose, a business out of yourself, but make one of podcasting, possibly for somebody else, then that would be a really good way to do it. I suppose you could apply that to anything, making video content for somebody, making podcasting and effectively what people have been doing for years, copywriting for people. But the podcasting idea is actually quite an interesting one, only because I think that most people think it's so complicated, and it can be for some people. I remember when I first started podcasting, I did it all in audacity. And the whole editing business, it was quite complicated and it was so time consuming. It's going to be time consuming for the foreseeable future whilst I take all my content on a weekly basis off anchor and put it on and condense it and take out all the nonsense um, that I speak about, but put on the more sort of professional sort of stuff onto my own podcast. But I'm going to do that through my video editor that I use, which is Filmora. Uh, Wondershare, Filmora. But this is actually a really good idea from a business point of view. And for some strange reason, I hadn't thought about it. Actually doing a, you know, sort of going to your local business, or as he says, as Vernon said, any business, and basically just doing a podcast for them and charging them for it. And then it's up there. I guess you'd have to manage it. Would you have to manage it? Would they want more? Really, really interesting to know. You could go in and interview them, get your equipment. I think there's a good little business there because some people just won't want to do it. Very interesting. What an interesting concept. Silly me, haven't thought about it before. Right, I've had a very good evening catching up with everything on Anchor. I feel much better, so I'm going to have an early night to prepare my poor little body, my poor little out-of-condition body, ready for Pilates tomorrow. <sighs> Wish me luck. Nighty-night, everybody.